coming up. But in either case, we need to control our appetites no matter what they are. God is calling us, um, calling us to do that. And so, um, you know, we joke around sometimes and say, you know, I just got to say it. No, no, you don't. You don't, you don't just got to say it. Or we joke around and say, well, I, you know, you know, you know, he can't control himself or, you know, I can't control myself. And that's not that's not the truth. God is telling us to add self-control to the, our life. And this is part of living a godly life. And so we it's, it, though we may joke about it, it really ain't funny because um, it's going against what God has called us to do. So we really have to demonstrate self-control. Hello and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. Jesus never said following him would be easy. In fact, many of his teachings reveal the difficulties and struggles of this life and the effort it takes to truly live out our salvation. Join us for the series, Making Every Effort, where Pastor Rob and his wife Carolyn challenge us to examine our walk with Jesus Christ and how well we are striving to be like him. Here's the seventh message in the series, It's Our Responsibility to Grow, Part 2. So y'all, we got work to do. We're living in a society that's going against the things that God has proclaimed us to do. Yeah, sometimes it feels like an uphill climb for us to, to go against it. Yeah. It gets harder and harder because everybody's like doing it. Everybody's yeah. for it. So then you become that one person. Sometimes you'll step out and you might get some other few people that come yeah. behind you. But, you know, God gave us everything we need. He gave so us everything we need. We don't need to be afraid. We just need to do it. We just need to do it. And I'm yeah. glad you, you brought that up like that. So, because we collectively, as followers of Christ, we need to build up some defense mechanisms, some some immunizations. We need to take the the, the uh, vaccination of, of against moral decline. Right. And, yeah. and we got to say, we got to proclaim to each other, uh, my fellow brother and sister in Christ, we got to proclaim to each other that I am fully vaccinated against yes. moral decline. That's right. That's we got to right. proclaim that to each other. Right. And then so that we can come together and build up a defense against right. it collectively. Right. So that we don't allow that into the church. We don't allow the the moral decline into our fellowship. Yeah. And we have to be the defense mechanism for that. Or guess what? It's going to come in. That's right. You can guarantee it's going to come in. Yeah. And so we need to be masked up and vaccinated mm -hmm. morally. Mm -hmm. And that's morally. why I like in our Bible Life group how we we talk about things like this. We talk yeah. about current events and stuff. So sometimes they, you know, things get to us and we need a solution and we help each other figure it out. Amen. 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 So I'm declaring to y'all that we got to do this and so that we can do what God is telling us to do and we can grow like he's telling us to do. Amen. Number two, the second um, thing we should do to make every effort to grow spiritually. We should add knowledge. Knowledge. We should add knowledge. Now, this is not necessarily, uh, as we're walking through these things that we're adding, I want to make this clear, it's not necessarily individual steps, but rather see it as something that we're doing concurrently. In other words, I don't 
add to my add to my faith more excellent. Okay, then after I do that, now I add knowledge. No, you should be doing it all at the same time. It's a it's a collective thing that we're doing as we're walking through these things. It's it's not okay. That's step one, step two, step three. Right. It's something that we should be doing all the time, right. concurrently. Amen. So it says it goes on to say in Second Peter one five. And it says, and to, and to moral excellence, meaning add to moral excellence, knowledge, mm -hmm. add knowledge to moral excellence. Amen. Amen. And so this is speaking of practical knowledge, practical knowledge. In other words, knowledge that is practice. That's what it's saying. When we say practical, mm -hmm. then it's something that you do, something that you practice. It's knowledge that is practiced, knowledge that is demonstrated by actions. Amen. Knowledge that's demonstrated by actions, not just words. Amen. You know, it's an old saying, I'm sure you heard it before. Well, then if you know better, you then you do better. Yeah. Right? Amen. Amen. That's what we're talking about. Knowing better and doing better. Mm -hmm. okay. Amen. Phil said here, the book of Acts is an example of how the church can set the standard by our lives and our faith and action to impact all of our institutions. That's, that's right, Brother Phil. That. That's yeah. right, Brother Phil, the book of Acts. <laughs> mm. So we talk about actions, we can look at the book of Acts. Yes. That's right. Amen. And so, because one of the things that happens when we add this by doing what we know we should do, Mm -hmm. Again, I mentioned this earlier, how parents appreciate that. Parents appreciate when their children are growing. And yeah. we talked about that, meaning the acceptance of responsibility. And so, and we also, uh, we, when they start to demonstrate knowledge by doing, mm -hmm. we appreciate that as parents. That's right. And one of the things that any parent out there, I know you can resonate with this with me. That when you see your child doing what they know, mm -hmm. when you see them practicing knowledge, mm -hmm. whatever it might be, I know you can attest that there's this joy that comes over you. And you might even say to yourself or even say out loud, my baby is growing up. <laughs> Anybody ever said that other than me, you know, or something like that? You maybe didn't use baby. You might have said my son, my daughter, my child. I don't know, you know, Nick Pookums. I don't know what you <laughs> called your child. But at some yeah. point, you probably said, my child, my Pookums is yeah. growing up. Alexis. You know, yes. and because you can see it. That's it is right. so clear. Mm -hmm. And it's clear because you, it, you, you're, you're really looking at their actions. You're seeing them take what they know and put it into action yeah and it's and this was i mentioned earlier taking on responsibilities when you see that it looks like they're, they, they're taking on a responsibility to get something done mm -hmm. and they already been mm -hmm. taught how to do it now they're doing it whether it be washing the dishes yeah. you know cleaning their rooms yeah. making their beds doing their homework on their own without yeah. you having to tell them they took responsibility. That is one of the signs of growth. And that feels so good. And it feels so good. When we, you know, we raise our children, we want to teach them to how to get along without us, right? Right. Because we won't be here forever. You know, we'll move on and, and um, they'll have to fend for themselves. Right, you know? right. Yeah. And it just, it just gives you joy way down on the inside when yeah. you see it. And you're yeah. like, hey, they're growing up. The same is true spiritually, y'all. The same is true. Yes. Same is true. When God looks at us and he sees us doing what we know to do, God is going, 
That's my child. Mm -hmm. That's my child mm -hmm. right there. And so that's what we're imploring that you do. Grow. We got to grow up. We got to be on the grow. We got to take Amen. responsibility. Amen. And we got to add um, to our faith. Amen. Uh, moral excellence and add knowledge. Amen. The third thing that we need to add is we should add self-control. Mm -hmm. We should add self-control. Second Peter 1, 6 says, and to knowledge, self-control. Again, meaning add to knowledge, mm -hmm. self-control. Right. I want to reiterate, this is not more steps. You're doing all these adding at the same time. All right. Mm -hmm. Self-control. This is mass. This is a mastering of your desires and your passions and your sensual appetites. That's what self-control is. Mastering your desires, mastering your passions and mastering your appetites. That's self-control, y'all. And so sometimes, I'm going to tell you, sometimes, not all the time, sometimes when people want to justify not having control of their desires, they say things like, you only live once. YOLO. Right? <laughs> you only live once. In other words, I only get this life to do this thing, so I'm going to do it. I'm because I feel like doing it. I want to do it. I got the desire to do it. So you only live once. So I ain't gonna pass up this opportunity. Sometimes they use that as an excuse to 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 hide the fact that you don't have no self control. <laughs> All right. All right. Sometimes they say things like, "I'm just keeping it real." Oh, okay. You keeping it real? Yeah. You keeping it real so that just to excuse the fact that you you want to be able to say and do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm keeping it real. I, I'm just telling you how I feel. It's everything you feel ain't got to come out your mouth. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Right. But but they hide it under the under the under the guise of I'm just keeping right. it real. Brother no. James says, how about this one? How about if it feels good, do it. It's, hey, there you go, James. There you go. <laughs> if it feels good, do it. See, these, these are these are these are mantras that in, of, of immorality that yeah. people use to hide the fact that they don't have control of themselves. Mm -hmm. That's that's all it is. Mm -hmm. And 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 you might even say something. I'm the people may say things like, I'm just being true to myself. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I got something to tell you about yourself. <laughs> and I got something to tell you real about yourself. <laughs> Your true self is jacked up. <laughs> okay. I mean, ain't nobody ever told you I'm telling you now because yeah. God says it. That all have sinned and fallen oh, short of the glory of God. What about this Your, one? your true self deserves death uh -huh. because the wages of sin is death. And your true self is jacked up, has jacked up tendencies right. to want to do and say things that are simply not right. All right. Alexis, That's the truth. Alexis has the one too. God knows my heart. God so knows my heart. Yeah. Thing like that or, or, uh, or I'm a grown man or a woman from Fred and Leanne. They say that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And these, these are, these are phrases that sometimes are used. Thank mm -hmm. you guys for those. Yeah. Um, these are Different phrases questions. that are sometimes used to hide the fact that you don't have no control of yourself. So is this a question, uh, Damien, is there a correlation between obesity and the lack of Christ followers then? 
And it, it's, it's back to what uh, Pastor said, I think during the class 101, where I asked the question of, as we've gotten through the years, there's been less and less people believing in the, in the, the church and believing in, in God and, and mentioning self-control right now. Obesity is a self-control problem too, because we overeat, we overindulge, just like we do anything else. Is that a correlation between people not following in Christ's words and um, obesity then? Well, there's, there's definitely a cor correlation um, in the sense that uh, self-control involves us controlling our appetites. Mm -hmm. And in the instances um, um, where we're in, the obesity is an appetite issue. Um, there can be other medical things going on, hereditary things going on yeah. with why people uh, are obese. Yeah, it's um, not always because they eat too much. Yeah, it's not always that. Yeah. And then also there could be um, emotional things going on, meaning mm -hmm. some things that need to be addressed by counseling and some things that can be need to be addressed by medication because there's a, a depression or yeah. some mental disorder. It could be a whole bunch of things. Mm -hmm. But to answer your question, that could be one of them, Damien, that it is the case of not having control of our uh, appetite for food and whatever's going on. Or with the type of food we eat. Or the type, or the type of food. Yes. And it could be an economic problem right, too, right. because as you know, um, the, the, the less, um, uh, the poor, poorer people don't have the means or the exposure to get the healthiest foods. So that is part of the problem yeah. as well. Yeah. So it's multifaceted. Yeah, that's a whole another story. <laughs> yeah. But in either case, we need to control our appetites, no matter what they are. God is calling us, um, calling us to do that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, we joke around sometimes and say, you know, I just got to say it. No, no, you don't. You don't, you don't just got to say it. Uh, we joke around and say, well, I, you know, you know, you know, he can't control himself or, you know, I can't control myself. And that's not that's not the truth. God is telling us to add self-control to the, our life. And this is part of living a godly life. Okay. And so we is it, though we may joke about it, it really ain't funny because um, it's going against what God has called us to do. So okay. we really have to demonstrate self-control. All right. And the fourth thing, the last thing that I want to cover today regarding um, how do we make every effort to grow spiritually or what should we do to make every effort to grow spiritually is we should add endurance. Mm -hmm. We should add endurance. Second Peter 1 6 goes on to say, and to self-control endurance, add endurance. I want to uh, share a biblical story of the necessity for adding endurance. And I want to take a look at um, David. And here in 1 Samuel 24, um, the passage gives us some aspects here, but I want to set the scene before we read it. David was on the run. David had a hit out on his life. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the person who desired to kill David was the king. <laughs> the king wanted to kill David. Mm -hmm. And the king was going to do whatever it take, whatever it took to kill David. Yeah. And David's a fugitive on the run trying to stay alive. Okay. 
And so as we're going to read this text, we're going to see that David had an opportunity to, to kill the king, to kill the one who was trying to kill him. Mm -hmm. And so I want to say that before I read the passage here, 1 Samuel 24, 1 through 6, it says, after Saul returned from, Saul was the king, y'all, after Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, the Philistines, he was told, David is in the desert of Engedi. So Saul took 3,000 able young men from all Israel and set out to look for David and his men near the crags of the wild goats. He came to the sheep pens along the way. A cave was there and Saul went in to relieve himself. All right. I just want to get the picture here. <laughs> David heard I me. Mean, King Saul heard that David was somewhere. King Saul grabbed up 3,000 men to go get David. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just think about 3,000 men coming after you. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're talking about people trained to kill. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. And then while Saul was pursuing this, Saul had to simply relieve himself. He had to go to the bathroom, y'all. Yeah. Okay. He just yeah. had, he had to go to the bathroom. I don't know if it was number one or number two, but he, he had to go do it. Mm -hmm. And he went into a cave to do it. Okay. Now the text reads on. It was a surprise in that cave. Mm -hmm. It reads on in verse four. I mean, in verse three, he came to the sheep pens along the way. A cave was there and Saul went in to relieve himself. David and his men were far back in the cave. Mm -hmm. So now the man he was trying to kill was in the cave along with his men. Verse four, David's men, the men said, these are David's men. This is the day the Lord spoke when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you, for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up unnoticed and cut off the corner of Saul's robe. All right, I'm going to pause right here for a moment. So David's men was encouraging him. Hey, man, we've been on the run from this dude. He's in a cave now. We can take him out now. They was encouraging David to take him out. Mm -hmm. In fact, they were saying, God set this up mm -hmm. for you to take him out where he's going to make your enemy your footstool right now. Yeah, And so, um, and David cut off a corner of his robe. Mm -hmm. And then look what it says in verse five. Afterward, David was conscience stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe. David felt terribly bad about it. Yeah. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed or lay my hand on him, for he is the anointed of the Lord. Wow. Is that not countercultural? It definitely is. Huh? We all, we talked about earlier about, I don't get mad, I get even. Yeah. David had an opportunity to kill the man who had attempted to kill him already. Right. Not only was he had a hit on him, he had, an, he had attempted himself. He had thrown an arrow, I mean, a spear at at David to kill him earlier. Mm -hmm. David, if he wanted to take on the moral ex moral values of the world, he would have said, I don't get mad, I get even. Yeah. <laughs> but he had an opportunity here to get even. And he, he started down the road a little bit and he cut off the portion of his garment, but then his conscience got him 
because that wasn't moral excellence. It wasn't moral excellence. Mm -hmm. Because David knew what God's word said. David had knowledge of God's word. And he knew that though the king was trying to kill him, he was still the king and he was still the one that God had anointed to be king. And he knew doing anything to the king that God had anointed was terribly wrong. Right. It was terribly wrong. Mm -hmm. But David felt bad about it. And he was, he, he had to endure being chased and killed and on the run in order to uphold what God said about not touching the one God has anointed. And he went down the road a little bit, caught himself, and then he told his men, the ones that was encouraging him to do to kill him, he says, this is wrong. Mm -hmm. he, he says, y'all saw me do it. I was wrong. It's wrong to do. You do not touch God's anointed. In other words, no matter what's going on, you endure, you endure to uphold the word of God. Amen. And he could have killed him quickly and easily. And you know, David was a killer. This is the same one who killed Goliath. So David didn't play. He was a warrior. Yeah. But he was God's man. This is part of the reason God says he's a man after my own heart mm -hmm. about David. Yeah. And David endured. So he kept running. He didn't, he had other opportunities to kill Saul too, and he didn't do it. Mm -hmm. He endured. He just stayed on the run because he didn't want to disobey God. That's an example, a biblical example of endurance. Amen. Hebrews, Hebrews 12, 2 says this. <clears throat> Speaking of Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. So our Lord Jesus Christ exhibited what it means to endure, to endure. Yeah. And he took on the cross and everything that came with it, the spitting, the whipping, the spear in the side, the crowns of thorns on the head, the shame that came with it, the ridicule, he took it on. Yeah. sometimes we don't want to endure anything that's not easy. Mm -mm. Anything that's not easy, we don't have, want to have nothing to do with it. And then some of us are quick to give up because we don't want to endure nothing. When really we're called to endure. Here in the text is telling us to add endurance to our faith. It can be slightly difficult and we don't want to endure yeah, it. Yeah, it, it <laughs> right. It can be slightly difficult be and slightly. we still don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And look what it says here in Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Yeah. Don't come weary in well-doing. Don't grow weary seeking moral excellence. Don't grow weary adding to your faith self-control just keep doing it because in proper time you will reap a harvest if you don't
you don't give up. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control. Transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. That is this is kindness and it's, it's motivated by affection. You can see affection on people's face. Y'all been y'all been there. You know, you've been there. I've been there. I've been to church and see somebody and I I say, hey, and they be like, what's what's up? <laughs> y'all like, like you know, you know, it's like, you know, I'm I'm happy to see you. It's like, hey man, how you doing? <laughs> I mean, like, we're in the church house, y'all. We're in the church house. Everybody here to worship the Lord, right? Where's the affection? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's the joy to see each other? Where's and I'm not everybody don't do that. I know right, you had right, you run into right. people and you can't you you it takes you 15 minutes to get out of the lobby into the service yeah. because you hugging everybody, yeah, getting married, pounds yeah. and yeah. doing all that stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm you know I'm just talking about there's this other side though, uh, right. the other side where that yeah. doesn't happen. Right. Thank you for listening.